Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene. Sponsored by Hit Marketing Design, the design agency as passionate about craft beer as we are. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters John Stevens, Nick Flynn, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Bayonet Brewing Co., The Paper Mill Micropub, Berkshire Beer Box, The Small Batch Brewing Co., Belgium and Blues Southampton, Doug Thayer, Robert Baker and Aid Barley. So, how have you been, Aaron? Uh, yeah. It's, it's been been an interesting what two years since yeah since so last you, on this. you were last on episode fifty one which was um, recorded in June twenty twenty one so nearly nearly but not quite two years heading heading well two around. years yeah it's uh, it's been an interesting interesting <laughs> couple of years um, just thankful that we're still here to be honest absolutely I think that's everybody sort of starts out by saying that and you know you can't take it for granted can you? you've obviously had absolutely. some, some absolutely. good decisions to, for that to be the case you know it's yeah a, I think um especially with the with the spate of closures that we've seen recently mm-hmm. just to just to still be existing is something that we that we value a whole lot more now it's got an added an added sort of vibe to it that yeah you're, you're just happy to still be producing beer and definitely selling beer Yep. But you guys have expanded, I think, probably since yeah. you last spoke, I would say. Yeah. So as it stands, we're now at a saturation point at Holland Farm. Mm-hmm. So we, we can't physically get any bigger. We can't put any more shipping containers in. We can't no. put any more cold stores in. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're, we're as big as we possibly can get at Holland right. Farm now, which is a nice thing to know and acknowledge that we've grown that quickly in five years oh definitely um but it's you always want to brew more you always want to be able to produce more yeah Um, so it's that's that's the next stage for us now i think is navigating our own limitations our saturation point where we are now well, people, you know, in this not in this industry, in every industry, sort of worship growth, don't they, as being the yeah. ultimate thing you have to drive for and you have to succeed at. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you absolutely could grow and, and probably perhaps should grow, but I don't think you must grow. Um, you know, there, there's certainly breweries that have, that have taken the decision to to actually not grow this year and, in fact, to make yeah. the scale back under the duty uh, ceiling that as, as it's been revised. So, you know, I think the I think the common theme that I've listened to in in the follow up episodes that you've been doing mm-hmm. is that people would rather aim a little bit further than where they where they want to grow. Yeah, um, because then you've you've got space to grow into. Right. I think the I think the worst thing you can do is sort of like grow and buy as you're as you're growing right in in stages i think the 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 smartest thing anybody's ever told us was to go big right grow into grow into that brew kit type of thing um because otherwise you're just constantly replacing stuff and yeah every time you change and reconfigure it's it's very disruptive isn't it i'm sure yeah yeah very 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 much so it's non-trivial um so, so what, what i mean are you would you imagine moving the whole brewery to a, to a different site or also sort of starting up a second site from production I, perspective? I, I don't know i guess that's the that's the 
uh, next logical thing for us to do is to maybe look at an external site. I, I don't think brewing-wise we're struggling too much. It's the storage that's the right. issue yes. at the brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got the got the ability to brew. We were discussing actually this this afternoon, um, and we we can. If we really, really wanted to, if we really wanted to push the the limits of the brew kit to, to the extremes, can brew up to ten times a week. Wow! Um, okay. But yeah. we don't want to. We 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 aren't at the moment. I think the the most that we're brewing at the moment is maybe eight times a week. Right. Okay. Um, but comfortably, seven, six or seven times a week. Um, right. And that's that's allowing us to to fill and then empty our cold stores comfortably um right. i don't think there's there's any issue with climbing over any stock at the minute we you know we we're at a point and we've we found a nice middle ground where we're we're brewing just enough we're selling out right. of it in good time and we're not okay. overfacing our warehouse warehouse right. lads yeah it's hard to know really how big you could or would or should get isn't it you know i, I, I yeah. i'm quite sure that you could you could grow i mean obviously the export market's been been significantly disrupted and maybe that's starting it to has, down yeah. again is it yeah so we we're, we're having to sort of parlay that volume that we've lost uh through our export channels which is it's recovering yeah it's not irreparably damaged no. um we're very lucky in that we've got a very good core of export customers that are willing to take quite regularly yeah and we're putting putting um processes in place to make things easier for our export customers to buy beer from us right. which includes includes the installation of a what's called a movement guarantee which means that we can we can move our own beer duty suspended rather than having to pay a premium for a for a haulier that offers the same service okay great but we we are at the moment we're probably four or five pallets short of a uh, through our export channels that we now have to sort of parlay into right. into different avenues and different sales channels, which which we're doing. We're, we're very lucky that our our domestic distribution distribution network is such that it's it's allowing us to turn over that extra volume week on right. week because there's there's always a distributor that wants to take more more beer oh, yeah. from us, and yeah. we're always always looking mm-hmm. to fulfil that demand. And thankfully, thankfully, there's uh, there's a lot of demand for our beer which we we count ourselves very very lucky yeah well i don't uh-huh. think that there's there's a small element of luck in it but i don't think it's very much luck to be honest with you i think it's mostly down to quality but and a good uh, salesman <laughs> and a great salesman yeah yeah of course <laughs> but look let's talk about this first beer as soon as we're going sure. to try and shoehorn three beers into an hour's conversation so we better get on yep. with it this is if you're into it your six percent new zealand ipa um got some tasty notes here collab with eight wired this beer is an all-out showcase of the finest Kiwi varietals they have access to, i.e. Polly's. Uh, a supercharged hot bill of Nelson Sauvan, Motueka, and new to Polly's, Ruaka, bringing in all manner of extreme citrus notes, fresh herbal complexity, as well as that unmissable white wine grape juiciness from in-house favourite Nelson. Brilliant. I think one of the best things that's happened to UK craft beer in the last couple of years has been this much greater access to really high quality New Zealand hops, um, you know, thanks yeah. to Clayton's and, and others. And so that's fantastic. You know, they're, they're, they're just, the product is so high quality um, that, you know, and this really flows through into the beer. Obviously, it's not, you know, it's not, it, it still requires a great deal of skill in the, uh, on the hand of the brewer, of course. But, you know, we've, I've had some amazing New Zealand hopped beers in the last couple of years. I don't remember from three or four years ago. I'm sure they were about, but not in the same quantity, were they? 
Uh, very much so, yeah. The um, so we're we're very lucky with our hop supplier now that they give us pretty much carte blanche on mm-hmm. on whatever we whatever we want. And although they're very very pricey, yes, um, the opportunity to use these these New Zealand hops mm-hmm. was was something that we just couldn't pass up on. We've used Nelson plenty of times. Rawaka yep. um, is a new one to us, mm-hmm. um, and we've used Motueka periodically throughout our yep. existence but to be able to sort of have a, a steady access to all of these hops and more yep. is, is incredible and it's uh th- this beer itself was a was a beer nearly two and a half years in the making oh wow <laughs> um because we've you know uh eight wired are a, are a cult brewery to us you know we yep when when they reached out to us back end of 2019 and yeah. asked us if we'd like to brew a beer for New Zealand Beer Week in 2020, you know, we Fabulous. leapt at the opportunity. Yeah. Unfortunately, something kind of got in the way of uh, those plans throughout 2020 right, and 2021. Yeah. But it feels like two and a half years of a long, long time planning and uh, sort of pouring over all the all the details that we possibly could yep. to, to get the finished product. And the, the proof is in the pudding. It's, it's a really, really good beer. I was saying to you, saying to you off recording before this is actually the the first time I've tried this beer. Out right. Yes. Um, so I I don't get much of an opportunity to to try these beers as often as I used to anymore because I'm I'm out at the brewery more often than I'm in now. Yep. Um, but it's it's so so good to be able to to try something. All right. So I mean, it's an fresh out, off the line. It's an outrageous sort of apricot kind of color isn't it as well which is amazing it's, it is uh, yeah it tastes as good as it looks which is not not always the case with um mm. with, with beers you know sometimes you see a bit oh man that's going to be great and it sort of lets you down a bit but but this doesn't and in fact your beers never do to be honest with you i mean you know, i i can honestly say uh aaron that you know ever since i that i, I had that first citrus simcoe ipa um under the locker poly brand of course back in the day in mm. 2018 and you know i i ever since then i think you know your, your ipas have always had a you know a special place in my heart and, in, and more importantly in my beer fridge um you know so I, you know, I, I, I think others you know occasionally other breweries will will match your your standard i don't think anybody ever surpasses you when it comes to ipas and, and that's and, very kind of you to say you know we we think we've still got a little bit of a way to go before we're really nailed on but we've it, it's been our motto since day one we can always improve oh yeah absolutely um, yeah and i guess now that we've had two and a half years or two years where we haven't been able to to sort of learn from other breweries, we're really sort of grasping that opportunity to collaborate right. with with other breweries yep. by by both horns. You know, we we want to go out and we want to learn as much as we possibly can to make our beers better. Yeah, it's an interesting point, actually, isn't it? Because that's always been so much of the sort of the culture of of, of the industry is that you know being that you know collab and sharing secrets and and you know and just raising everybody's level just a little bit every time you do that and and it's interesting that yeah you've had a yeah. couple of years where that hasn't been possible so yeah no i'm, I'm sure that your uh your your diary or your, your brewer's diaries are, are pretty full with with collabs this year and and, and i hope they are anyway they certainly should there's be. a there's a couple coming up <laughs> nice. there's a couple that i'm quite excited to uh quite excited to announce they, they'll be coming up very very just, soon just in terms of the flavors of this beer i mean it, it, it's it is absolutely gorgeous it's it really has got that white wine sort of the mm. white grape kind of vibe you know it's really very front and center isn't it but you know the the the, so the ruaka and the, and the motueka really build out the flavor so there's tons of depth to it i think it's got that sort of great savory edge as well mm. that i i don't ordinarily like 
okay. um, mm-hmm. savoury edge, um, that sort of oniony, sweaty flavour. It's a verdant kind of verdant uh, special flavour, isn't it? Yeah, they, they, yeah. they really I've, lead on that. Yeah, I've always had a very, very love-hate relationship with that sort of flavour profile, yeah. but I think it works in, in this mm-hmm. beer. There is just a very, just very a hint slight, of it, not 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 overwhelming yeah. at all. No, but um, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I can I can just just get that. Yeah, yeah, it's going down the tree anyway. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, you know, last time we spoke. I was nagging you about the lack of a Polly's taproom retail outlet. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and you quite rightly, uh, you know, pushed back and said, look, you know, there's no way you could ever do that on the farm, which I completely understand. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think I probably would have bankrupted you if you'd have followed my uh, <laughs> my blueprint for Polly's as I saw it when we spoke two years ago, because I would have had you opening a big taproom somewhere, you know, and then had to shut it down again pretty quick. So I'm glad you didn't do that. But... <laughs> you know i still think that um the, you know the uk needs at least one and probably several polys tap rooms yeah um we're at a point now where it's becoming it's almost becoming an unfunny joke now the yeah. the, the lack of a tap room mm-hmm. um we're we're very very aware of the the fact that we that any brewery worth their salt has a tap room yeah we were at a point sort of towards the back end middle middle to back end of last year mm-hmm. uh, where we were seriously looking at our first first site um unfortunately the the sort of negotiations broke down on it yeah, and, that's a shame. and we had to we had to withdraw our offer but that yep. would have been in our hometown and mold all right yeah um, i think it's actually been a blessing in disguise because it's allowed us to sort of refocus our efforts and really analyze markets market trends where people are drinking where they're yep. not drinking and um we're, we're refocusing our, our attention on keep it quiet but we're uh, focusing on our attention on chester now nobody listens to this podcast um, you don't have to worry about it <laughs> chester would be awesome yeah I don't yeah know. Chester, we we lovely sort of... um you know, a, a lovely sort of old school vibe to it, doesn't it? You know, it's yeah. some really traditional, fabulous old traditional pubs there. Um, but also, uh, you know, a, a, a craft beer scene that I think is starting to open up. So that that would be amazing. Yeah, very very much so. I mean, we we're we're very conscious of the fact that town drinking is is you know people aren't going out as much as they used to. No. Uh, people's drinking habits have changed mm-hmm. and. If you if you're going to open anyway, you need to open in a in a city. Yeah, um, so. it feels almost like a bit of a betrayal to to be looking into England as a Welsh brewery. But yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> um, there have been people who have said, "Oh, well, you know, Wrexham has a lot of eyes on it now because of uh, because of what's happened with with the football, football club, club." Obviously, but yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Even still, Wrexham is 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 small in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. It's not really. Yeah. An established craft beer scene there, but no. I mean, I've been—I go out to to Chester quite regularly, and just the difference from even five years ago when when we first started the brewery, mm-hmm. there is there's a craft beer crawl there now. You can you can go on a night out and just hit craft beer venues, and it's great. There's, oh, there's the new market there, which is bringing people yep. people to town, and it feels like there's there's something going on in Chester that. Just feels right to maybe right. be looking looking at a, a a venue there. That's not to say that we have identified anywhere yet. No, um, you know that's that just seems to be the the logical place for a first first Fantastic. poly bar. 
Yeah, you know, and obviously, you know, you could go to Cardiff if you want to keep it in Wales, but that's, you know, it's Cardiff's further from you than than probably Manchester or Leeds or whatever, is it? I know perhaps perhaps not quite, but but it's it's getting good, up good to good 3-hour drive. Yeah, so so you can <laughs> it would not be a trivial thing to supply uh, a tap yeah. room in Cardiff, yeah. would it? Whereas uh, you know, sticking to the sort of the northwest, you can uh, you can get there within an hour or two, I suppose, or an hour, hour, hour and a half. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think that your brand is so strong now that that it will become a destination wherever you open it. But I take the point that you know you, you may as well you know benefit from the from the sort of the you know the passing crowd as well, and 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 you know get get better footfall based on on having other craft beer options like close by. Very much so. Yeah. Very oh well, very fantastic! Great to hear. I look forward to. Uh, Look forward to seeing that happen. I, I, I was going to actually just run past you whether you'd had whether you'd explored any conversations with other breweries about a, sort of the you know kind of a joint or collab tap room kind of approach similar to I don't think you've been to the like, experiment have you in, yeah, in North like, London yeah like the experiment um, yeah. I mean it's not something that we've that we've explored but you know I mean it's it's a great concept in theory it's just who would we who would we mm. do it with because I mean again going back to the going back to the unfunny joke. Uh, nature of 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 the Polly's Tap Room. Every other brewery in the in the local area, within probably within a forty mile radius, has a tap room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So we've we've got nobody that we would really open it with. No. Um. <laughs> unless we went to London or something. I don't yeah. Know. Or, or somebody was going to take on an extra site. You know, that I guess yeah. that would be the way to do it, wouldn't it? it would be to partner yeah. with, with a Cloudwater or a Track or a North or somebody where they were looking to it. You know, to open a further site and. Uh, in collaboration with Polly's, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, again, here, here, this is me trying to bankrupt you again by throwing my <laughs> business plans at you. You know, <laughs> I'm sure um, whatever you do will be the right thing, and I can't wait to see it happen. Anyway, it's uh, very, uh, very yeah. exciting. We should probably think about moving on to the second beer. Oh, we haven't drunk that one. Absolutely, I've got it sitting out strategically out here on the windowsill, keeping cool. Well, that's still nice and cold, actually. I had it in the mind, fresh, fresh from the uh, fresh, fresh from the brewery cold store. I had it in the freezer oh. earlier on, so it's uh, it's nice. Yeah. It's sort of warmed up a bit. It's still, still five degrees, either five six degrees. I would think so. Nice it's uh, yeah. I've um, I very purposely um, made sure that the last thing I did before I left left work this evening was grab my sample cans. Excellent. Um, <laughs> so they've they've only been subject to a to a fifteen minute drive home. Perfect. That's, that's all they've had. So this is Flower Mood, uh, 4.8% Hellas. Yes. Uh, Tasting notes here say, in a world of soupy juice bombs, and that's certainly the world that Polly's uh, <laughs> it dominates, I would say, um, sometimes the one thing we yearn for is a crisp, well-made, super refreshing lager. We wanted to replicate those bottles of, bottles upon bottles of Augustina Hellas we drank during the 2022 heatwave. Straw-coloured and crystal clear, this beer lets the malt lead the way with supple breadiness before a fresh snap of herbaceous bitterness from the Mittelfruer and Hallatau noble hops, which cascade over the palate. Uh, absolutely, as described, beautifully clear, you know, light straw-coloured beer. It's well oh, a banger, this, isn't it? Mm. I think this might have been the beer that we've released most recently that our, our entire brewery... Mm has been excited about the most. Right. <laughs> um I think I'm I think I mentioned on um the last time I was I was on this podcast that every brewery and brewer just just they just want to drink lager. They just want to they drink do. Augustina Hellas. Yeah, they um, do. They do. And it kind of it does disappoint me a bit, but I understand it. I, you know, you can only, you know, if you're if you're you know you're inhaling 
you're not just drinking, you know, you're not just around IPAs. You're literally inhaling them, aren't you, when you're in the brewery? Mm. Um, you know, and so I'm sure it can get to the point where you just sort of do your entire body reaches saturation point with the with the you know the, the overwhelming flavors that those beers bring and so you just want something really clean and crisp and refreshing and yeah this, this is all those things it's a lovely example actually the, the hop the hop flavors are terrific you know it's got uh you know really they're really punching through aren't they i think it's um i think it's a, a logical next step for us as a brewery as well because there's nothing to hide behind with a no. with a hellas mm-hmm. um you know you can't you can't cover up any brewing floors by just dumping a load of hops on it um God forbid you would it's very very much warts and all type of thing uh through <laughs> something this this good is it is really really impressive yeah and is this uh it, it, would, would this be going out in uh mainly in keg or um i think we've we've gone for our usual split on this beer yeah so it's slightly weighted towards keg so i think it's about 60 40 in favor of in favor keg. of keg mm-hmm. but i mean i'd, I'd Love to smash a couple of cans of beer. Oh yeah, it's, it's perfect for a drink. Drink a few pints. I mean, the, the weather isn't the weather weather isn't great at the minute, but but when we're the, not far away, weather... are we? The, you know, yeah. the spring is um, just around the corner, so there'll be there'll be a sunny afternoon in a beer garden or a, on a taproom terrace coming up in the near future, where a few Definitely. pints of this would would go down a tree in the sunshine. I think this was um, this was a sort of trial for us to show that we can we can brew our own lager as well because yep. with uh with the advent of a tap room would come a lager that we would have to produce for yes. said tap room. Yep. This is this is part of the reason why we're we're gonna be expanding our core range at some point this year. Yep. From three three beers to six beers mm-hmm. is because we're we're very conscious of the fact that if and when when I should I should say when we yeah. have a tap room, we're going to need to be able to fill that fill those taps out with yeah. as much Polly's beer as possible. Yeah, sure. Um, and a lager is 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 part of that traditional lineup. Yes. Or for someone who's a little bit conscious of the fact that they might not know what they want to drink, but want that sort of safety of of a lager. Yeah, um, I think you're cra- you're crazy if you haven't got a lager pouring in your tap yeah. room. Yeah. Uh, so having funnily enough, having said that, so I've got um I've got the beak on next week uh, to do a, do an update with them, and um their tap room is uh, is is absolutely you know committed to IPAs. I don't have you been down to their tap room? In, I've uh, never been down there. No. Yeah, so they um they've got I'm going to probably get this wrong, but I would say they've maybe got sixteen taps. Um, wow. And I think the last time I was there, I think fourteen of them were IPAs or double IPAs. <laughs> I can't, I totally respect that. You know, that is my type of tap room. You know, the the only other place I can think of that has that percentage of IPAs uh, or pales or, or pale based beers, whatever one better turn of phrase is, uh, is other half in Brooklyn. Um, yeah. You know, that's another place where you go and you know you really got to search to find anything which isn't an IPA or a double IPA or a pale or whatever. And it's um, yeah, it's uh, you know they're, they're committed to the cause, and I respect that. I'm looking forward to congratulating them on it actually next week. But uh, <laughs> but having said that, I totally get it, especially if you're in a town centre location, people coming in for a beer, and it's, you know because basically what you're doing is you know you're, you're essentially potentially turning away groups of people where somebody wants to drink a lager, aren't you? you know, so you got three or four exactly. mates, out and they say, oh, let's go to let's go to Polly's, and I say, you know, somebody turns around, and says, oh no, I'm not going there, I can't get me lager. Then that, you know, you, yeah. you've lost all, you've lost that whole crowd, haven't you? Well, that's the that's the natural progression with with becoming a brewery as big as we are now, is that we need to our our, our beers are getting into more and more hands, whether it's yep. through our direct 
uh, retail channels, whether it's through bottle shops mm-hmm. or whether it's through our supermarket listings. Yeah. And naturally getting into more more hands, you need to naturally diversify your output accordingly mm-hmm. because you'll never you'll never please anybody by just brewing IPAs and pale owls. You'll no. never become the best brewery in the but world. You'll please by... me, but you're not going to please everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you'll please some people, but not 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 enough people. It probably is the point. But, yeah. but our uh, our our intention is to is to become or be be the best brewery in Wales. You know, we've 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 been rated as the be- as the best brewery in Wales, but yeah. um, we want to be rated as the best brewery in the UK, and then yeah. amongst one of the best in the world. And you sure. You need to be able to to brew a broad range of styles rather than just a a, a small narrow path path yeah. worth of, of of styles. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love I love our pails and IPAs. That yeah. that's what we're very very good at. That's what we we've built an entire business on. Absolutely. But we do need to diversify our our output to yeah. cater to the the more hands that we're getting into. Well, I was reading your blog this afternoon, doing a bit of prep for this, and and I, there was an article there saying that you know, as you've hired out the team, you're up to I think you said fourteen people now, and uh, you know, you, yeah. you you've hired brewing skills, you know, to allow you to to diversify the the the, the range a bit, which is which yeah makes exact sense. You know, you'd be I know you're getting into a barrel aging as well, which is is super exciting because there's one thing you know that excites me as much as a as a, a lovely IPA. It's a, almost anything barrel aged is is just yeah. a, you know fascinating science to me. So. Uh, I'm really keen to see what what that turns into for Polly's. I was very very impressed with our first effort at, at Barrel Aging, mm-hmm. which we released in December, I think oh, November December. I didn't get that. I don't know why I didn't get that. <laughs> pay pay closer attention. <laughs> it, it wasn't bad for our first effort, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm very very excited to see what uh, Joe, who is who is our, our sort of master of wood, right, um, mm-hmm. to see what he's he's able to to do. Uh, going forward, yeah, and to to see what what we're able to to pull from different barrels that we that we get access to at the moment, it's quite a narrow field of, of barrels that we're able to access, right? Uh, but I'm hoping with more and more uh, experience in the in that sort of field of brewing, we'll be able to sort of open up more to wine barrels, yes, um, more more spirit barrels, a bit broader than just X whiskey barrels, as great as they are, yeah. Um, I want to be able to do like, I don't know, like a passion for fashion in a tequila barrel. I mm, think would be, be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's all in all in Joe's head at the minute. He knows he knows what he wants to do. Yeah. And it's just being able to provide that platform for him now. Which... So you've you've got a fair amount of beer laid down now, have you in barrels or have you? Know, what's your... No, no. Um, we've we've actually we've actually had to reel back for the reason that I mentioned before, which was which was space issues. Right. We're just having to use the the area where we where we keep our barrel store at the, at the minute just yeah. for a little bit of extra storage. Oh, that's a shame. Um, yeah. And as soon as, as soon as we've alleviated those storage issues, you know, we'll we'll be back on the on barrel aging in no time right excellent that's exciting let's take a short break this week in craft beer is sponsored by hit marketing design a design agency based in essex offering professional marketing services across the uk they specialize in graphic design brand creation and web design 
and can create anything from a fresh logo, new product branding, eye-catching adverts to a fully populated website. No fluff or filler, real design for a competitive world. To find out more, visit hitmarketingdesign.co.uk. I'm back with Aaron from Polly's for the second half of the show. Aaron, at this stage, I always like to challenge the guests with maybe a slightly trickier question than I've asked you so far, which is, what do you wish you'd done differently? Is there anything where you look back on your five years with Polly's and say, oh, man, you know, if we'd have only done this instead of that, then things would have, you know, taken a different turn and we might be slightly further ahead or whatever. It doesn't have to be massively negative. It can be it can be a brewing type thing. It can be a business thing. It can be whatever, whatever, you know, direction you want to take it, really. But is there anything you'd like to share? It's a good question. And I did really, really have to rack my brains about this one. But I think with the benefit of hindsight, knowing how quickly we would grow on our current site, I think we would would have maybe looked a little bit earlier on an external site. Obviously, you know, we had we had COVID that's disrupted all yeah. all of uh, all of those plans. But if perhaps we had an external site to to grow into. So we're not constrained by our storage issues, which yes. we which we constantly have. Yeah. So we have to be very, very, very much hand to mouth with our our cardboard and our cans. Just, just in time kind of deliveries. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah you can't, it's, it's got to be stock of anything now. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of room for error. So yeah, I think if we if we had had the opportunity to maybe look at somewhere external, whether that's just for just for storage. Or for moving the entire brew site, yes, um, I think that probably would have would have been the one. Uh, checking the European Trade Register as well on our first year <laughs> that might have that might have been a big help. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna, you can laugh about that now, can't we? But uh, <laughs> you're referring, of course, to the enforced name change in the that's in your the first one. year of trading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we uh, like, even if you had checked it, would you? Well, I suppose you could have. Would it have shown up that? you know, a soft drink brand? Uh, uh, yes, it probably would have done. Yeah. Probably would have done. We've, okay. we've, we've since learned. And um, so we've, we've already made the patents on the European trade register for our, our upcoming expanded core range. Oh, good. So yeah. there's, there's going to be a cherry sour as part of, part of this new core range. Nice. Um, which the base re- recipe is going to be Kirschentart. Mm-hmm. But we made sure to check the, the European Trade Register before we went ahead and brewed it. And Kirschentart is not a a term that we can use right. in Europe. So we would have we would have ended up with the with similar not not quite the same but similar yes. issues with um, with Kirschentart if we if we made it a core beer and started selling it out into Europe. Okay. So yeah, you've learned to you you can you can act more wisely with the benefit yes. of hindsight, can't you? On that, in that having sort. having intellectual property lawyers has been the biggest godsend <laughs> in the uh, in the brewery. Excellent. Well, um, let's. Uh, I'm just opening up a can of your brand new, only packaged this week, Strata six point one percent Smash IPA. Um, yeah. And this is this is part of your launch of, of what you call the Hop Studio range, isn't it? Which Hop is, Studio. So, yeah. so, so tell us, you know, give, give us the background both to, to Hop Studio and Smash, please. So we we sort of sat down. We 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 have uh, creative meetings every week at Polly's, and um, we we sort of wanted to introduce a new range into our into our output. So we've got the got the augment range, which has carried us for 
the last two, three years. Yep. We've got the core range, which is our sort of more accessible side of things. And we've got our icons range, which is kind of like our greatest hits from yep. our from our organ yep. range. But at no point as a, as a very, very hot focused and hot forward brewery, we realized had we had we really made a focus on the on the hop side right hopped, um in our beers so we we sort of threw some ideas around and we we thought well why don't we sort of semi revive the the Polly's originals range mm-hmm. wrap it up in a in a new new name yep and make it all about the hops yep so again we batted ideas back and forth we came up with the with the idea that okay, we should maybe do smash beers, so that's yep. single malt, single hop. Yeah. So we can really, really showcase all these all these idiosyncrasies and all these these quirks of what is an extremely complex ingredient in our beers. Oh, wondrous, wondrous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So we we decided to choose a not so much a neutral but a, a good base malt for a for a smash beer, which is Golden Promise. Yeah. Um, it's got a little bit of a sweet edge to it, and we we wanted to use our in-house LA three strain, yep. which just accentuates all those juicy hop forward hop flavors. Mm-hmm. So we thought that would that would work best with this this range, and mm-hmm. yeah, we we're going live this Friday, I think. Actually, it's the it's the twentieth of of March today. We're going live on the twenty fourth um, to trade with with four beers. Yep. So Strata is part of it. Mm. We're going to have a Galaxy IPA, a, a Waiiti Pale Ale, mm-hmm. and a Talus IPA as well. We were right. going to have a Simcoe Double IPA as well, right. but we weren't quite happy with how that one was turning out. So that one's oh, been sadly pulled from. Uh, has has that been has that been drain poured, or are you just waiting for it to? Yeah, yeah, oh, we weren't we weren't one hundred percent happy with yeah. how we were. Oh, being represented, so we've, we've just pulled it from sale. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, that's a shame, but that not doesn't uh, diminish from the four that you have released. I'm sure, which you know, yeah. going to be. I can't imagine that the other three are going to be any less brilliant than this one. But this is absolutely superb. Uh, so let me read you the. Uh, actually, I need to before I, before I read you the tasting notes, I need to uh, I need to make a comment about your tasting notes. Actually, so so you okay. are without a doubt the most verbose and um, extravagant writer of tasting notes in UK craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> which is both brilliant and um, and a massive pain in the ass actually for uh, not for me uh, it's a pain in the ass for my business partner Steve who has to summarize your tasting notes for our beer release list every week in the newsletter so you know you you, you write such long tasting notes that so that would be you know much longer than the paragraph we're trying to include in uh, in the newsletter against each beer so Steve has to basically pricey your tasting notes down from you know probably 200 words down to 30 words or whatever each week so he uh, he, you know, whilst he loves Polly's beers, he does, uh, you know, he, on several occasions, he has commented to me about how, you know, what a challenge it is sometimes to trim your very verbose notes down to, to something that we can publish. But I always feel really, I always feel like I'm shortchanging people if I haven't done at least four or five lines worth of copy. I don't know how long it must take you to do this, but, it, you know, it's, um, it's maybe it just flows, does it? It's, it's, like, it's, yeah. a, it's a running joke within the brewery. Yeah. So so every Wednesday I, I do copywriting for a, a couple of weeks. Yeah. and. There's a playlist that goes on, which is called Aaron is in Do Not Disturb mode. Okay. Nice. It's a lot of shouty, angry punk music. Okay. Everybody knows that when that playlist goes on, Aaron's not to be disturbed. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and it, ta- it takes me about 
three, four hours okay. to, to mm-hmm. write a good couple of weeks worth of copy. Right. But this is this is why I'm so keen for us to, to brew a more diverse range of styles and to do more interesting things such as smash smash beers. Yep. Because it gives me more to write about. Oh yeah. Um, there's only there's only so many times I can make a citrus Simcoe and mosaic IPA yeah. sound interesting. <laughs> um, It'll always sound interesting in... to me, I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can only say that. pineapple juicy mango. I know, yeah, Met- so metric ton of pineapple before it gets boring. <laughs> But no, I I think you you know you're doing a great job with it. So I, you know, I, joking aside, it, it it pleases me. So the abbreviated tasting notes for this beer um, are <laughs> the Hop Studio. The Hop Studio range showcases a single most complex, wonderfully diverse ingredient we use in our process, bar none: a full-on explosion of layered mango, passion fruit, fresh strawberries, and melon, along with a dank herbal note of drifting cannabis. Producers Indie Hop weren't lying when they described this incredible varietal as passion fruit meets pot um i should start by saying that strata is definitely easily one of my top five favorite hops and probably in my top three i think it's i think it kind of goes citron galaxy for me are untouchable as my two favorite hops and i think strata is would make a really strong case for being being in the top three definitely in the top five so so this really pleases me i've had um i've had some a couple of other really good single hop strata beers, but this is this is right up there and really great depth of flavour at six percent. It seems to have come from nowhere, strata, and yeah. and sort of it's it's become everybody's darling hop, hasn't yeah. it? It's it's really really incredible. It's super intense on the on the fruit fl- fruit forward mm. flavours, but at the same time, it reminds me of sneaking off from high school uh, <laughs> yeah, during right. lunchtime yeah, going, going know, for yeah. a spliff, you know. <laughs> If if Jimi Hendrix had, had designed a, a hot varietal, mm. I think this would have been what he was what he was going for. Yeah. Um, have you had it's... the Daya? Um, have you had the Daya saturated in strata? Um, which is I like haven't. I've, I've, oh, been, I've been very very lax on my on my buying from other breweries mm-hmm. recently because I I don't tend to drink in the week anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So I only ever really drink when I when I go out with with my girlfriend at the weekends. Right. And the pub that we go to in in her hometown, they've got a very good relationship with Daya, but it tends to be just uh, steady and oh, uh, in, invoice me for the microphone that they yeah. get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. uh, they do. They do occasionally get the. Um, I used probably never have one from time yeah. to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do occasionally get the special stuff, um, yeah. but it's it's few and far between. And then I have to, if I don't get it from there, then I have to go into into Chester and it's it's whatever whatever is pouring in Chester at any given time. And look, uh, you know, you're you, you know you're working for one of the best breweries in Europe, if not the world. So you know you're not really going to be buying too many cans of beer from other breweries. I totally get that. <laughs> I do. I do like to support other breweries. It is nice. <laughs> Much as yeah, no, but I I, I totally get it that. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think I would be. Uh, I don't think I'd be buying too many IPAs from other breweries as well if I could dip into the uh, into the Polly's. Uh, Fridge of uh, of underfills and dented cans and whatever on the on my way out of an evening. You know? <laughs> oh, since since we've since we started going for salsa accreditation, though, it's become a whole lot more difficult to get those dented cans and underfills. No idea. Um, because we we are we're going for salsa accreditation this year, which is something that's that's a really big feather in our cap type of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it allows us to supply to big supermarkets the the more niche supermarkets they're all after this 
this food standard, which is yes. which is salsa accreditation. Mm -hmm. But the the offset of that is that you have to fill in a spreadsheet to take a to take an underfill home. Oh. Um, it's 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 really really deep. So like it's it's pretty yeah, strange. We, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, why would that be? I mean, just so long as they're being removed from the production line, so you're not shipping them. I don't see what yeah. what you know concern it is of anybody else's. Really, it's it's it, uh, I guess it's all for for traceability purposes. Yeah. Um, which which I understand. It's an effort to get those those underfills now. Oh dear. So it's got to go through our through our packaging sorry, lead. Well. Sorry to hear that. Who then signs it off, and then through our brewery manager Rob, who then yeah. sticks it on a, on a spreadsheet. Yeah, it's it's a it's a an interesting sort of avenue of where the brewery's going with this with the salsa accreditation. I think right. it's going to help us big time in the long run. Okay, fantastic. Well, I think this is lovely. Anyway, uh, you know, terrific fruit flavors. Um, you know, real, real, really broad base of flavors. Actually, you know, so you know, you've got mm. a lovely sweet strawberry, but there's you know, there, there's layers and layers of flavors on top of that as well so great beer people need to get this one i can't wait to get my hands on the galaxy um as well i need to need to go and try and grab that in the in the grumpy goat in reading or somewhere else so this that weekend. one was that one was packaged today um so it's i think it went live on our web store about an hour and a half ago okay mm -hmm. um it'll be in all good bottle shops by by next week so yeah next probably next weekend by by april it'll be it'll be all over the country fantastic well i need all of these really i'm gonna to have to <laughs> <laughs> and so how many more behind these four are they going to be in the in the range you know you're going to pause it for a minute and see how these move or no no the, the plan is to go full throttle with it so so we're going to have at least one hop studio beer every week oh wow um okay. i think the idea is is that we identified a sort of a middle ground with with people that want to take permanent lines from polys mm -hmm. in that they don't necessarily want to get the core range but they don't necessarily want to get the uh, augment range because it it just changes too often right so i know there's a there's a couple of couple of accounts say a couple of accounts quite a lot of accounts who have expressed an interest in being able to just write onto onto a menu Polly's Hot Studio range changes every week. Or, but they all come in at six point one, or I think you know. Uh, like, no, no, the uh, the Waiiti Pale Ale that we're releasing is going to be five percent. Oh, okay, right, right. Uh, yeah, I think we're we're going to be rebrewing the the Simcoe Double IPA. That's going to be seven point eight percent. So it's going to be broad broad spectrum. Yeah, yeah it will come ABVs out, it out yeah. and um, and obviously the hops. I think at some point we'd like to do a little bit further beyond. Pale and IPA. Okay. So we we did a really awesome Nelson Grisette a couple of mm. a couple of months ago. Okay. Didn't sell very well, granted, but <laughs> you know it's 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 something else that's uh, that that we can offer up through this range. Yep. So yeah, we're going to go full throttle with it. And Fantastic. Release at least one every week going yep. forward. What else you got coming up? You're excited about beer release wise? A uh, couple of couple of uh, collabs that we're, we're in the process of just finalizing the the details of there's mm -hmm. a there's a couple of events that we're going to be part of so there's uh there's brewery events that um were a thing last year I, i'm trying to trying to sort of dance around what the actual what the actual thing is but there's a okay. there's a brewery that does i think it's eight different breweries including themselves 
and they pair everybody up. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm familiar with yeah. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you've probably given enough away without actually I've saying I've given it away it. now. <laughs> uh, we, we might be part of that. You may or may not be uh, invited to be part of that. That's right. <laughs> um, we're going to be, so we're, so we're looking at bringing in a schedule of what we call our hype releases. Okay. I've been pushing for this for a long time mm-hmm. because I know how well Verdant do with, with uh, Putty every oh, year. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so I think it makes logical sense for us to have a schedule of, of when we're going to release X beer, Y beer. Absolutely. I think, you know, you you, you want to have two or three, I don't know, you know, maybe more, but, but, you know, at least two or three big set piece releases where people get yeah. excited and lean, you know, and you, the pubs will look forward to, you know, to pouring it and you can have release events and the whole, yeah. I mean, you know, Verdon yeah. obviously milk putty to the nth degree, don't they? And obviously Cloudwater with Chubbles and whatever, you know. And I, I, yeah. Yeah, those are both amazing beers. I'm not criticising them at all, but you you guys need to be on that on that path, I think. Yeah, so I think that's the only thing that I would fed back from our fifth birthday release. So we we did uh, how many venues was it? I think it was just shy of twenty venues all pouring our our fifth birthday quad IPA. Nice. Yeah, the only feedback I gave gave to our uh, our managing director Sean was. I need more of it. There was right. there was more venues that wanted to take it. Okay, great. Um, and to to maybe do so, we've we've got DDH Spur coming back up, right? Um, so the the triple IPA version of Spur, nice. I think that's due for release in end of April, beginning mm-hmm. of May. If we can if we can center some big releases and big events around around these beers, yep. And yeah, I think it would it would work for us well in the long term and make Definitely it a yearly yearly yeah. thing that people look forward to absolutely no yeah, brilliant what about festivals and events anything you're excited about for for the summer we're actually we're actually being a little bit reserved on the on the festival front this year uh-huh. um just because we we went quite hard last year so we did uh we did our first overseas festivals we did pretty much every every big festival that invited us yeah we were we were part of so I think this year is maybe a little bit of not so much a rest year. You know, we'll still we'll still go to festivals, but yeah. at the moment our schedule is completely clear. Oh wow! Um, <clears throat> we were expecting not to be invited back to Hop City because we've been pouring for the last two years, right? Yeah. Um, but if the if our owner Sean has mm-hmm. always been of the of the opinion if if it furthers the business, right, then we'll do it. So I'm actively looking for places that I've never been to in I Europe. Uh, <laughs> I have a distributor attached to them. Because, I, I mean, we, we've we been working with our French distributor for nearly four and a half years, I, right. I want to say. Okay. So almost as long as the brewery yeah. has existed, but we've never done a festival with them. Right. Uh, same with our Danish distributor. I'd love to go out to to Copenhagen and oh, yeah. do a do a beer a beer festival out there. Yep. It's it's all about identifying our what's what works best for the brewery. Yes. And working with our distributors in in those respective countries to to offer something back to to the faith that they've they've given us for the last yep. however long they've worked for us. Brilliant. So you be you are looking for a small number of continental yeah. festivals for the summer, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Oh well that'd be fun to fun to apart from anything else, it will be you know, another 
an interesting dimension to it that you know we, you know we, with every due respect to the uk festivals you know and we've got some brilliant ones it will be super exciting to go and do those international ones as well so Absolutely. yeah that's, that's gonna be I, mean, I, I i got to do the how many international festivals did we do last year i think we did three uh-huh. yeah three international festivals i did them all mm. and they're they're incredible experiences oh, yeah. because you're interacting and sharing experiences with with people that just that just love your beer so much i mean i, I was i was doing a festival in um the netherlands right last year and it feels like uh craft beer sort of became a thing so sort of overtook the more traditional beers yeah at the same time that polly's was was coming into the market yeah so a lot of people were coming up to me and saying like my craft beer journey started with you oh, great. so nice. it's yeah it, it's like a big feather and cap type of thing to know mm-hmm. that we're the reason that someone's someone's gone a little bit further beyond a, a belgian beer or yeah absolutely or Especially a sort of a, bog standard yeah. lager it's really really cool nice yeah and you know and obviously they you know they hopefully these people are you know are able to get your beers and have been drinking them from time to time but obviously you know it's a special experience to then be able to meet them for the first time and actually yeah. engage and hear their story and yeah that's brilliant yeah no i can see that that would be uh, that'll be a fantastic thing to to experience all right then well let's get into the home straight aaron and um i always start here by asking people to give what i call a shout out to a little guy and here i'm looking for you to mention one or more local to mold or northeast wales or northwest england or whatever however you want to sort of draw your geography but i'm looking for you to mention beer businesses that are doing a great job promoting independent craft beer so that can be a, another brewery a tap room a pub even a restaurant or a cafe obviously a bottle shop but local businesses that you think are doing a great job promoting not just polys but but the, the industry in general Am I allowed to have more than one, or am I? Yeah, you can have as many as you like. Okay, and, cool, cool. And, and you're never going to mention everybody, so you, you know you should get over the guilt yeah. of forgetting people. Just, just yeah, sort of let I, your brain I, run, I, you know. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to make anybody anybody upset for me forgetting them. But no. um, I think I mentioned Moldale House last time I was mm. on here. He's I think still you did, yeah. doing fantastic things. I don't get to see him as often as I used to right. because I don't live in Mold anymore. Okay, but further afield. A wonderful uh, crafting crawl that's that's developed in in Chester, right? Uh, so the likes of the cellar bar, mm-hmm. uh, that beer place, Artichoke, um, the Cavern of the Curious Gnome. We've got so many so many great places in Chester now that are doing, have done, and continue to do really incredible things for not only us right. but craft beer as a as a whole Fantastic. in um, in Chester. And I really, really want to sort of hammer home that they are not paid to say how great I am, despite <laughs> what my despite what my girlfriend thinks. <laughs> on our on our first date, we went to went to a couple of couple of these places, and they just kept on saying, "Oh yeah, Aaron's really great." You're, you're really good. I had to keep I had to keep on saying, "Like I'm not paying these people to say this." But yeah, they're nice they're all they're all an Hopefully. absolute bunch of. Shortly to be complimented by a, a Polly's uh, tap room of some sort. Uh, yes. To, to, yeah. To that's, round that's out the, the offering. Goal. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to that. Uh, any others you were wanted to mention, or are we could? Uh, I'd like to like to throw a, a shout out to to Wild Horse as well. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. They're a they're a great brewery just a little yep. bit further along the Welsh Welsh coast from us. Um, 
think they're starting to get that recognition that they deserve. Yeah, I had them on the podcast actually after your recommendation last time. Okay. I really, really enjoyed chatting with them. Yeah, so, so yeah. yeah, good beers. I, I hope they're I hope they're still thriving. I don't. We don't see their beers. To be honest with you, in the Thames Valley, they don't. You know, we we don't don't tend to see them like we like we would see Polly's. But uh, you know, I hope they're still thriving in. You know, North Wales Coast. Yeah, they're they're, yeah. they're still doing their thing. They're still yeah. kicking and grooving. Um, I actually saw Chris, their their head of sales, not too long ago, mm-hmm. and he's he's still as delightful as ever. Excellent. So, yeah, yeah, they're they're still doing good. Good to hear. All right, excellent. Then we are at the wrap up question, and you get to answer the alternate wrap up question because I already asked you the ultimate happy hour question last time. So the alternate wrap up question is: What beer or beer style that is no longer available? Would you like to resurrect so that you can either taste it again or taste it for the first time? Now, this was the question that really, really stumped me when <laughs> when I was when I was discussing it, and when I when I've listened to your your follow up episodes, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, what what could I could I pick here?" And I I sort of threw it into into sort of an open discussion in in one of our meetings oh, cool. not too long ago <laughs> there was there were some really really interesting ideas thrown around but i would like to try the beer that used to travel over to india in wood barrels right the original ipa the i guess you could call it yep. the original ipa because that would be slightly bretted right yes yeah there'd be some really really interesting flavors going on with the with the that beer because obviously mm. it's very heavily hopped. Yeah, uh, there'll be some slight funkiness to it. Yeah, and the idea of, of of trying a beer that is in wood as well, I I like the idea of yes, of trying from that very very traditional dispense method, and to see what that wood would do to a beer, whether it's whether it's an IPA in the classic sense, mm-hmm. or whether it's just a a beer that has travelled from point a to point b yeah i'd be really interested to see what flavor profiles would come out of that beer absolutely and it would presumably be quite unpredictable as well wouldn't it i, yeah. I dare say that no two barrels would taste quite the same and certainly yeah. no two batches you couldn't rely on it tasting the same as it did three months ago when the last very uh, much so came in but it would be, it would be certainly be interesting and uh, yeah yeah no good shout actually yeah i like that that would definitely be uh be something to something to experience and something we're never likely to never likely to unfortunately but it's the beauty of that but uh aaron absolute pleasure catching up with you i genuinely thank you so much for having me genuinely remember what i said earlier on you know i do think you guys are very close to the pinnacle of you know not just uk but but european craft brew and i think you know I, i i absolutely rely on you guys to produce consistently fantastic ipas and pails and uh it's not to say your other beer styles aren't aren't outstanding as well but i think you know if i had to choose a you know if sort of it's almost like a last request sort of a dying man sort of you know give me a give me an ipa choose your brewery can't go far wrong with polly so uh, you know not that i'm very uh, very kind of you not that i'm uh, asking it to be my last beer but you know (laughs) (laughs) no i you know i I don't think your success is down to luck i think you guys are you know genuinely poised to be as big and as successful as you want to be and you know i can't wait to see see what happens next Thank you for uh, thank you for the very kind words and thank you for showcasing us again. I really do appreciate the the platform that you're offering to us here to to give people a bit more of a an in depth look into how things work at Holly's and you know the beh- behind the scenes happenings at the brewery. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, it's been a pleasure. 